Hello, welcome to the Servative Hour. And I'm Brian Mary, host of the Servative Hour, the only anti-conservative movement call-in talk radio show, actually the only talk ra radio show broadcast out of Lincoln, Nebraska, and online as well, worldwide, where you can call in, anyone can call in, and uh, talk about things that are serious, things that are controversial. And the topic for tonight's show, for this May 30th, 2023, is such a topic. It is, does the new law, LB 574, violate the, quote, no bill shall contain more than one subject rule in the Nebraska State Constitution. From ten eleven now dot com K O L N K G I N T V Morning Show. No, it's uh, from their news website. And the headline is, ACLU of Nebraska files lawsuit challenging new abortion ban and restrictions on care for trans youth. This is from today, May 30th, 2023, by Abigail Carrera. Lincoln, Nebraska. A lawsuit was filed Tuesday challenging Nebraska's new abortion ban and new restrictions on gender-related care for transgender youth. The American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, and ACLU of Nebraska are representing Planned Parenthood of the Heartland, PPH, and Dr. Sarah Traxler, in a lawsuit that was filed in a state trial court in Lancaster County Tuesday morning. Traxler is the chief medical officer of Planned Parenthood, North Central States, and a physician who provides abortion. <clears throat> the lawsuit claims that the new law violates the, quote, no bill shall contain more than one subject, end quote, rule in the Nebraska State Constitution. The groups are seeking a court order to block enforcement of the bans and restrictions that were combined in Legislative Bill 574, and declaring them unconstitutional on the basis that they pertain to two distinct subjects. Additionally, the lawsuit also asks for preliminary injunctive relief to block enforcement of the restrictions while litigation is pending. On Friday, May 19th, LB 574 passed its final vote, 33-15. Governor Jim Pillen signed the bill into law the following Monday, May 22nd. The ACLU says the state constitution's single-subject requirement is a key element of Nebraska's lawmaking process that, taken with other requirements, promotes careful legislative considerations and ensures that legislators remain accountable for their votes. <clears throat> Quote, 
Nebraskans are already being harmed under this dangerous abortion ban that was pushed through the legislature using unprecedented tactics, Richardson said. We are already having to inform patients that they will be unable to get the critical health care they need in Nebraska, and we only expect to see that number grow. We will do everything in our power to restore what should be a fundamental right to bodily autonomy. Nebraskans deserve the right to make private health care decisions that are best for them, their families, and their futures, not politicians who now have more control over our bodies than we do. And we will not stop until Nebraskans have that right today and for generations to come. And that's Ruth Richardson, CEO of Planned Parenthood, North Central States. Although both components of LB 574 took away Nebraska's, Nebraskan's freedoms, ultimately we are talking about two entirely unrelated subjects, gender-related care for trans youth and abortion access, Rush Chipman said. We believe the combination of those bans violated the clear text of our state's constitution and the end result of Senator's failure to adhere to the single-subject requirement was a rushed process that circumvented critical legislative guardrails. The bottom line is that Senators do not get to pick and choose which constitutional requirements they will follow when making laws. We look forward to making our case as litigation progresses. And that's... Mindy Rush Chipman, ACLU of Nebraska, Interim Executive Director. The Nebraska Attorney General's Office will have 30 days to respond to the lawsuit after being served. The judge hearing the case may take action on the request for a preliminary injunction at any point. was California Nights by Leslie Gore, the first of three songs I'll play tonight, all hits from 1967. And the article I read from was uh, ACLU of Nebraska files lawsuit challenging new abortion ban and restrictions on care for trans youth. And that can be found at 1011now.com. And the text of the uh, Nebraska State Constitution seems fairly clear. No bill shall contain more than one subject. And having both trans care and abortion ban in one bill seems like two subjects in one bill, violating the no bill shall contain more than one subject rule. Open and shut case, I would think. And going back to what was passed in this bill, 
<clears throat> from wonket.com. Nebraska votes to be crap place for trans kids and anyone who can get pregnant to live. Spy Robin Panaccia from May 20th, 2023. After weeks and weeks of heroic filibustering from independent state senator Megan Hunt and Democratic state senator Michaela Kavanaugh and others, the Nebraska legislature voted on Friday to restrict abortion rights and health care for transgender youth. Because the filibuster was going to make it difficult for Republicans to pass both the anti-abortion and the anti-trans bills, they decided to combine them into one terrible bill, LB 574, which passed by a 33 to 15 vote. <clears throat> Granted, it's not as extreme as what they originally wanted to do. They wanted a six-week ban on abortion and settled for 12 with exceptions for rape, incest, and medical emergencies. They wanted to ban all gender-affirming care and ended up only banning surgeries and allowing puberty blockers and hormones for patients who have a, quote, long-lasting and intense pattern of gender nonconformity or gender dysphoria, which began or worsened at the start of puberty, unquote and have had an unspecified number of psychotherapy sessions. Republicans are patting themselves on the back for this, quote, compromise, but Democrats see it as just the first step towards making things even worse. <clears throat> From the New York Times, quote, This has the potential to be a backdoor for a full ban, said Senator John Fredrickson, a Democrat from Omaha who was among the lawmakers who filibustered for weeks in an effort to block the original transgender bill. Quote, I don't see this as a compromise in any way, shape, or form. Senator George Dungan, a Democrat, called the bill discriminatory and predicted it would face legal challenges. Quote, we should not be in the business of telling people what they can and can't do with their bodies, he said during the final minutes of the debate that preceded the vote on Friday afternoon. Quote, we should not be in the business of stepping between doctors and patients. Senator Michaela Kavanaugh, a Democrat who led efforts to filibuster to prevent Republicans from passing their original proposal, said those who opposed limits to abortion and transgender care would continue to fight through the courts and other means. She said that the hard-fought legislative session had galvanized activism in Nebraska. Quote, I think the only victory in this is that trans people, especially trans youth, are no longer invisible, she said. On Twitter, Senator Megan Hunt wrote, <clears throat> quote, We haven't lost because we haven't quit. Tomorrow is another day to fight with love, compassion, and knowledge that we are righteous in the cause of justice. She also dragged a fellow senator for voting against abortion rights and health care for trans youth, and having tickets to go see Lizzo afterwards. And the tweet says, LOL, tonight at Lizzo is performing in Omaha, 
and Senator Ballard, who just voted for a bill to ban abortion and trans health care, is going. They want LGBTQ money. They want LGBTQ entertainment. They want LGBTQ culture, but they won't vote to protect LGBTQ lives and safety. End of, end of tweet. Earlier this week, Hunt, whose son is transgender, called out one of her colleagues who complained that she had to miss her grandchild's preschool graduation because of the filibuster, telling the senator that she must hate, quote, her son more than she loves her own family, or else she wouldn't be there, and she was correct. <clears throat> and uh, here's a tweet from Heartland Sing. Sing- Signal, Nebraska State Senator Lou Ann Linehan, Republican, complains filibusters of trans kids. Anti-trans bills made her miss her grandson's preschool graduation. Senator Megan Hunt, Independent, quote, You won't come off this bill that hurts my trans son. You hate him more than you love your own family. That's why you're here. End of tweet. It says something that the women who are hopeful ones here, it says something that the women are the hopeful ones here. I'd like to believe that with people like Senders Kavanaugh and Hunt in the legislature, there is a decent chance that instead of making things worse, Nebraska will reverse course and make them better. And that article can be found on wonket.com under the headline, Nebraska votes to be crap place for trans kids and anyone who can get pregnant to live. And this is a call-in show, so you're welcome to call in at any time if you have any opinions on this topic, which is, does the new law, LB 574, violate the, quote, no bill shall contain more than one subject? rule in the Nebraska State Constitution. Phone number here is 404-5086. And uh, anyone can call in at any time, and you'll be immediately live on the air on the Servative Hour on uh, KZUM Lincoln, Nebraska, and KZUM HD. Wow, what does the post-it board in front of me say? Well, it has information on the uh, Give to Lincoln Season of Giving results for KZUM. And I'd like to thank the 641 donors who made a contribution to support community media in Lincoln over the Give to Lincoln Season of Giving. Donations to KZUM totaled $49,745. So thank you so very much for giving to KZUM during this Give to Lincoln season and supporting KZUM. Okay. 
from the NebraskaExaminer.com. Oh, and uh, although this is the topic, if uh, really, just to get some phone calls, if there's uh, anything that you would like to call in about, any controversy or a serious topic in the news, although this one on uh, the combo bill uh, banning abortion and gender-affirming care seems controversial enough, at least I hear conservative movement media going on about it. Quite a lot. <clears throat> As though they didn't seem to care nearly so much about men cross-dressing before they became such good friends with Vladimir Putin. And I'll have a little bit on that if I can get around to it in an article... Ted Cruz says Uganda shouldn't kill gays and Christian extremist MAGAs are so mad at him. And, oh, hearing on syndicated shows them praising Putin for his uh, policies, not banning homosexuality, just banning public displays of it. So the idea is don't let anyone know you're gay, and you won't be uh, arrested for it. Lawsuit targets Nebraska's combo bill on abortion, comma, gender-affirming gender care. ACLU, Planned Parenthood, argue the bill violates the Nebraska Constitution's single-subject rule. This is in uh, the Nebraska Examiner at uh, nebraskaexaminer.com, and it's by Aaron Sandiford from today, May 30th, 2023, posted at uh, 5.03 p.m. <clears throat> Lincoln, the Nebraska legislature's controversial combination of a stricter abortion ban with a bill restricting gender-affirming care for minors, is the target of a lawsuit filed Tuesday in Lancaster County by ACLU Nebraska and Planned Parenthood of the Heartland. The lawsuit argues that the legislature, by combining sections of two bills involving different topics, violated the state constitution's restrictions that bills cover only a single subject, Supporters have argued that both parts of the new law regulate health care for children. Quote, In general, people who have decided to end a pregnancy seek to do so as early as possible in their pregnancies, the lawyers wrote. But in the last three years, nearly one-third of Planned Parenthood of the Heartland abortion patients in Nebraska did so at or after 12 weeks of pregnancy, LMP, which would have been over the gestational limit in compound LB-574. Could be the first of many lawsuits. The ACLU lawsuit, which the group said could be the first of many filed against legislative Bill 574, focused first on the abortion ban because that part of the new law went into effect May 23rd. 
the portions of the law restricting gender-affirming care go into effect in October. Interim ACLU Nebraska Executive Director Mindy Russ-Chipman and local trans advocate Eli Rigatuso emphasized that women seeking abortions aren't the only people being harmed by LB 574. The lawsuit seeks an injunction that would block the entire law from being enforced. Quote, The needs of trans youth are separate and distinct from the people in need of access to abortion care. Brigitte Tuso said, <clears throat> These are two separate things. End quote. Supporters say topics fit together. State Senator Kathleen Kauf of Omaha, the sponsor of LB 574, has argued that the title of her bill, Let Them Grow, describes how the two measures fit together. She has said the focus of her bill, even after the amendment, is on helping children grow and thrive, which she said both proposals do. Kauf on Tuesday stood by her earlier comment. State Senator Ben Hansen of Blair, who sponsored the amendment that added the abortion ban at 12 weeks gestation to Koth's original bill on gender-affirming care, said he expected the bill to be challenged and remains confident it will survive. Quote, There are many reasons why these two bills should be put together, Hansen said. Both have to deal with the health and safety of children. Both acts amend the definition of unprofessional conduct within the Uniform Credential Act. Both acts would be implemented and enforced by the DHHS's Division of Public Health. And both involve a natural and logical sequence from pregnancy to continuing to the age of 19 with letting them grow. <coughs> End quote. Governor Jim Pillen, through a spokesman, declined to comment on pending litigation. Quote, I think that everyone in this body wants to protect kids, Koth said on the day LB 574 passed. We just have different ideas about what that means. The Nebraska Republican Party, in a tweet, criticized the ACLU for cherry-picking which bills it opposes for violating the single-subject rule. State Senator Michaela Kavanaugh of Omaha said she warned fellow lawmakers that LB 574 would spur legal challenges. Quote, I stand in support of any efforts to protect parental rights and Nebraskans' access to health care, she said. Next steps. Andy Curry-Grubb, Executive Director of Planned Parenthood Advocates of Nebraska, criticized state lawmakers for using, quote, unprecedented and unlawful tactics to combine a 12-week abortion ban with legislation she and others have described as anti-trans. Quote, Nebraska has been held up across the country for its unicameral legislature and its clear and reliable processes for passing laws, she said. It has helped protect our citizens from harmful legislation, but politicians who want to ban abortion stepped outside of these guardrails. <clears throat> Chelsea Sounder of Nebraska Abortion Resources said at least nine women who were scheduled to have abortion care in Nebraska have worked with abortion rights advocates to visit other states for care in the week since 
LB 574 became law. And that article can be found on NebraskaExaminer.com under the headline, Lawsuit Targets Nebraska's Combo Bill on Abortion, Gender-Affirming Care. And it's now 11.30 and 30 seconds p.m. Central Daylight Time. And this is KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD, 89.3 FM, KZUM.org online, broadcasting live out of Lincoln, Nebraska, last outpost of civilization before the great American desert and the God-forsaken wilderness of greater Nebraska. suppose I should tell you about the weather. Oh, that was Janice Ian, another song from 1967, titled uh, New Christ Cardiac Hero. It's now 73 degrees Fahrenheit, clear skies, no wind. Tomorrow's temperature is forecast to be cooler than today. Low tonight will be 65 degrees Fahrenheit. And tomorrow there will be a high of 80, with being partly cloudy, scattered thunderstorms developing in the afternoon. Chance of rain, 40%. Sure, it sounds like it's more of a chance of dry, having the greater odds. Speaking of uh, last outpost of civilization on the edge of the uh, God-forsaken wilderness of the Great American Desert, <coughs> which uh, has been uh, moving east. Here come the sand hills. Well, that's another topic. Uh, tonight's topic is, uh, does the new law, LB 574, violate the no bill shall contain more than one subject rule in the Nebraska state constitution? And it seems to me it does. Yeah, on the Sunday night syndicated uh, conservative movement uh, media show, there was uh, a caller, although <clears throat> there are no real callers. They're all setups, scripted shows to uh, further whatever the message they're trying to get out, get out is, uh, praising Vladimir Putin for his uh, policies on uh, homosexuality. That being, it's not entirely outlawed, only if you let anyone know that you are. <laughs> That's uh, promoting homosexuality. Must think of the children, after all. Lock him up, or her up, depending. Ted Cruz says Uganda shouldn't kill gays, and Christian extremist MAGAs are so mad at him. It's by Evan Hurst for May 30th, 2023. With near, without nearly without near enough fanfare or attention from the West, the president of Uganda, Yaweri Museveni, has signed a quote "kill the gays" unquote bill into law. It calls for a life sentence for anyone who has gay sex 
and seven years for trying to, whatever that means. The death penalty would be for those who commit, quote, aggravated homosexuality, unquote, which the New York Times says includes, quote, homosexual acts committed by anyone infected with HIV or involving children, disabled people, or anyone drugged against their will. If they say you did, quote, attempted aggravated homosexuality, unquote, you could go to prison for 14 years. We are sure the process for determining, determining whether people have violated the law will be totally on the up and up. <clears throat> oh, and you could go to jail for 20 years for, promo quote, promoting homosexuality, unquote, which reminds us a bit of Russia and also the spirit of Ron DeSantis's Florida, even if they haven't quite made it to calling for imprisonment yet. If this sounds familiar, it's because Uganda has been trying to do this for a while now, starting way back in 2009, with varying degrees of success and fairly consistent levels of support from American right-wing fascist Christian people and organizations. Read here to meet Donald... Oh, there's a link there. To meet Donald Trump's coup-plotting lunatic lawyer, John Eastman, in 2015, in his earlier form as John Eastman, lunatic chairman of the National Organization for Marriage, defending Uganda's harsh anti-gay laws. But the campaign to make this law happen really got going the last few years, the New York Times explains, with scary stories about, quote, a plot to promote gay activities and lure children in schools to homosexuality, unquote. There must be something in the water literally all conservative Christians worldwide drink. <clears throat> the West and the United Nations tried to get Museveni not to sign the bill. President Joe Biden condemned it and is threatening sanctions. The implications of this law are terrifying for people's basic human rights, for HIV, AIDS, prevention and treatment in Uganda, and so much more. People are terrified. It's really bad. But back to the water conservative Christians drink. American Senator Ted Cruz tweeted to condemn it, which quite frankly surprises us. Surprises us. But hey, let's just allow him to be correct for once. <clears throat> Ted Cruz did tweet, This Uganda law is horrific and wrong. Any law criminalizing homosexuality or imposing the death penalty for, quote, aggravated homosexuality, unquote, is grotesque and an abomination. All civilized nations should join together in condemning this human rights abuse. End of tweet. Of course, it would be nice if Ted Cruz would condemn vicious anti-LGBTQ plus laws and legislation in places like Florida, Tennessee, and his own state of Texas. But if he did that, he'd probably have to put his money where his mouth is, as opposed to just tweeting about something happening in a country far away. But sure, thanks, Ted. Your human rights warrior sash is in the mail. In response, some of Cruz's conservative fans were absolutely horrified that Cruz would interfere in another country's Christian fascist genocide in such a way. Ross Story collected some responses. Quote, 
Ted, seems to me your focus should be here at home working to get the unjustly punished J6 prisoners out of jail, wrote one user in response. I'm disappointed in you. In a similar sentiment, a different cruise follower argued that, quote, it's none of our business, end quote. Another follower used Cruz's statement to simply dismiss him as a, quote, rhino, unquote. Cruz follower J.D. Sharp, on the other hand, defended the law explicitly and argued it would help ensure high fertility rates in Uganda. Echoing to this theme, one Twitter user replied to Cruz and said they wanted to, quote, make homosexuality shameful again, end quote. Okay, psychos. Take a gander through Ted's replies at your own risk because Elon Musk's paid blue checkmark system promotes replies from the vilest and stupidest people humanity has to offer to the top. You won't have to look hard for Americans just openly supporting genocide. Here's a homeschooled piece of uh, crap who used to serve as a Trump lawyer. This is Jenna Ellis tweeting. You can condemn a law that imposes the death penalty for homosexuality without being pro or LGBTQ. Like Bud Light, you should have just said nothing, not this. End quote. Yep, that's what Ted Cruz gets from MAGA Republicans for saying something halfway decent and kind and non-genocidal. There are lots of people saying, quote, it's their country, and I emphasize, but it's not our problem, just like Jesus always said in situations like this. Some are mad. Cruz called the law and, quote, abomination, when Leviticus says men lying with men are an, quote, abomination. And then there are the right-wing fascists who are themselves gay, who are just pretty sure this is the Biden administration's fault, and no terrible anti-gay things would be happening in Uganda if their lord and savior Donald Trump was still president of the U.S. Here's Rick Grinnell, who served as Donald Trump's acting director of national intelligence, and the log cabin Republicans from Richard Grinnell, quote, Another example of what is happening around the world without Donald Trump as president of the United States, thank you, Senator Cruz, for speaking out now. We made it clear to Uganda in the Trump administration that criminalizing homosexuality is wrong. No one should be in jail. And the log cabin Republicans did tweet, The Biden administration squarely owns this major setback in Africa. Weak leadership and feckless foreign policy positions have eroded American human rights values. All Americans, but especially LGBT voters on the eve of Pride Month, no less, should be horrified with this setback. Honestly, that is too sad and deranged and deeply self-loathing for us to even address right now. Maybe some therapists could help. We'll close with this post with a really good Rachel Maddow clip from a few weeks back about how American right-wing Christians helped this law in Uganda happen and the parallels to what's happening in this country. If Ted Cruz really cared, he would speak out against anti-LGBTQ plus groups like the Arizona-based Family Watch International, which Maddow explains was one of the main foreign drivers behind this 
and other vicious hate laws abroad and at home. And that article continues on, can be found under the headline, Ted Cruz says Uganda shouldn't kill gays, and Christian extremist magas are so mad at him. And final article that I'll have time for from wonket.com. Can we talk about this, quote, abortion up until the moment of birth, unquote, nonsense? And this is by Robin Panaccia from May 6th, 2023. Republicans have started to realize that their radical anti-abortion policies are not exactly overwhelmingly popular with the general public. Even in the reddest of states, thus many of them are now trying to paint Democrats as the extremists claiming that if abortion rights supporters have their way, people will be having abortions, quote, right up until the moment of birth, unquote. <clears throat> in debates and discussions, they've been leaning hard on this because they think it is the ultimate gotcha question. If they can get the abortion rights supporter to, quote, admit that it is bad to kill viable fetuses the day before the mother goes into labor, they can call out those who oppose restrictions as especially radical and then work backwards to justify restricting abortions in other ways. If the supporter stumbles, tries to explain that they that what they are thinking happens doesn't actually happen, or tries to justify it in the usual ways we explain why abortion is necessary, they do the, quote, then why can't it be illegal, or see, it's clear that you just love human sacrifice, Unquote, shuffle. Now, the actual fact is that this does not happen. No one under the care of a doctor is carrying a baby for nine months and then deciding, quote, A, you know what, I think I'm going to pass. There are not doctors who are killing viable fetuses who can live outside the womb for no reason. We all understand this. We understand that it is a ridiculous fantasy scenario concocted by people who, I'm pretty sure, don't actually believe it happens either. But because we understand this, it can be sometimes awkward to explain why there can't be any restrictions in place saying, quote, this can only happen to save the life of the mother, unquote. If it doesn't happen, what's the problem with making it illegal? Other than that by making something illegal, you are more or less conceding that it does or could happen. This is why we have no regulations on flying elephants. The problem, however, is already right in our faces. In states that have, quote, life of the mother, unquote, exceptions on their terrible abortion bans, we are already seeing patients' health being harmed because doctors are not sure where they can actually draw the line. They are waiting to treat people in medical emergencies because they need to check with a panel or committee first and because they are afraid that someone will come along and say, quote, that wasn't enough of an emergency and now you are going to prison or losing your license. <clears throat> this is not something that can or should be regulated by the state. It is something that should be, can only be decided between a doctor and patient. A doctor needs to be able to act quickly in the event of an emergency and being hampered by the state puts the patient in danger. The issue is not, quote, should people have the right to abort a baby the day before they are set to give birth, 
but, quote, should we put patients at risk by not letting their doctors act quickly to do what is necessary to preserve their lives and health over a thing that doesn't actually happen? Or, to put it in a way the more libertarian among them might understand, quote, to what extent should the state be allowed to regulate things that do not actually happen, particularly in cases where those regulations could cause direct harm to individuals? This kind of discussion comes up not just on television, but on social media and family dinners. It's a question that is even often asked by less well-informed people, but not necessarily malicious people who have been told that we are all in favor of no-reason-day-before-birth abortions and want to know what the deal is with that. The ground war here is just as important as anything else, and as stupid as this talking point is, it's worth discussing how to address it effectively. And that article can be found on wonket.com under the headline, Can We Talk About This, quote, Abortion Up Until the Moment of Birth, unquote, Nonsense. Here's another one I could do on the uh, abortion pill. <clears throat> this is from April 27, 2023. Helpful anti-abortion doctors just making up crazy blank at Senate abortion pill hearing. This is by Robin Panaccia from April 27, 2023. On Wednesday, the Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing on the Texas abortion pill ruling featuring Amanda Zarowski, a woman who almost died after being denied an abortion in Texas, law professor Michelle Goodwin, and abortion provider Dr. Nisha Verma, speaking in favor of abortion rights. It also included OBGYNs Ingrid Skop and Monique Shiru Horst, who somehow are not actually characters in a Roland Dahl book speaking against them. <clears throat> the absolute most glaring thing about the anti-choice side, including both those testifying and those on the Senate Judiciary Committee, was their deep commitment to living in a fantasy world full of hypotheticals, bad science, things that do not actually happen, things that make no actual sense, things that no one can prove, and things that have absolutely nothing to do with whether or not abortion is illegal. Let's check out some of Dr. Scop's greatest hits. Quote, Senator Tammy Baldwin has reintroduced the Women's Health Protection Act, which ironically does nothing to protect the health of a pregnant woman from a dangerous abortion. <clears throat> End quote. Actually, it's meant to ensure a safe abortion. A dangerous abortion is the kind you have when you cannot get a safe legal abortion. Anyway, I've run out of time, so I want to again thank all the 641 donors who made a contribution to support community media in Lincoln over the Give to Lincoln season of giving. Uh, donations to KZUM totaled $49,745. And uh, that will get us a good percentage of the matching funds from the uh, Community Foundation. 
So, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Servative Hour, and good night to you all. And this final song is uh, My Cup Runneth Over, also from 1967.